Good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of And When I Say, I Mean, I am your co-host, Adrian. And I am your other co-host, Austin. Welcome. Yes, welcome indeed. Austin, you have now returned to the frozen tundra that is yeah. Potsdam. Previously, you were in Florida. How was that? It was uh, It's much better. Um, I was at a conference. Uh, the, the talks were generally pretty good. Some of them were... Now this, yeah, um, there were some of them were hit or miss, but in general it was good. Uh, I got a lot of free food. Um, nice. My presentation went well. Um, I was excited. I was kind of inspired to do a lot of my simulation work. I don't know if anyone's interested in this, but this one group, and they were there, um, and they really liked my my paper a lot they nice. they said it was work they wish they had done so i was like mm, okay that's awesome how about that so i was happy about that yeah that's good and it was uh it was 80 and sunny the whole time um yeah it is like 30 and snowing right now yeah so i've i've decided that just winter or spring is just never gonna come yeah we've hit the the long winter yeah yeah, we when I was driving into work today, it was there was snow mixed in with the rain, so mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty upsetting. But maybe this is just what spring is in New England. This is only my second spring here, so. Uh, okay, yeah, the sample size is pretty small. But still, it's almost May. Like, yeah. what's going on? But anyways, a couple weeks ago, Austin sent me an article from the Guardian. Um, what what was the what was the title? Because the title was fantastic. Uh, okay, it, I have it up here. It's um from from Gucci ads to Instagram fads. How the Wes Anderson aesthetic took over the world. Yes. Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, Austin had recommended um the the Wes Anderson Wes Anderson film. Um. And his new his newest film, Isle of Dogs, has now come out. I've heard good things about it. In select theaters, so it's never um, going to be in Potsdam. Well, maybe when you come out to uh, New Hampshire, we can see it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I guess so. What I what I don't know what we're going to talk about yet. I kind of have an idea of where I want to get to. But before we get there, can you – okay, I'll just – because I'm not going to assume that you like Wes Anderson. Do you indeed like Wes Anderson films? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, because I'm a – I'm like a insufferable, like, hipsterish guy, which is like the – that is like the Wes Anderson – it's not even the Wes Anderson demographic. He created that demographic. Right, um, right. So, yeah, because my tastes are like your barista's taste. Like I go to, I go to a coffee shop and I'm like, oh, finally, people are playing some good music. It's yes. true. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, I use my Google Play credits to watch Wes Anderson movies. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Today, when I was reading this article in preparation for tonight, I was at, in a coffee shop listening to The Head and the Heart and reading mm. an article about Wes Anderson. So I felt it was Did it was someone give fitting. you like, uh, like a hipster trophy just on the spot? <laughs> no, they didn't know. Um, 
but they 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 could have. Um, so, I guess my question is like, why why do why do you like Wes Anderson? Mm-hmm. Why is there a group of people that just love Wes Anderson and his films? Mm-hmm. Um. So I I don't know. I I would have a. So let me let me start where I started. First time I watched a Wes Anderson movie was it's the worst way to watch a Wes Anderson. It's the worst way to watch any movie. I was on a bus going on a school trip. And that's yes. the worst way to watch any movie, especially Wes Anderson cuz he's his movies are so weird. Mm-hmm. So the first mm-hmm. time I watched it, I was just like that was the weirdest thing I like half saw. Like <laughs> Um, so it was not a very good introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, I eventually came around. It came out on Netflix, or like I, it still is on Netflix. I was like, I should probably give this like an honest, an honest go. Um, and I did, and I liked it. So, um, one thing I like about Wes Anderson is he knows what he wants to talk about and then he's he's not okay some people would probably say he's subtle but i don't think he's very subtle uh he thinks family is important and trying to restore broken families is important Mm -hmm. and uh he really has a knack for precocious kids um who feel like weirdly out of place Mm-hmm. So I I don't I don't want to say use that as a description to myself, but I have been that person. Yeah. Um, everyone everyone speaks the way I speak. Also in his films, <laughs> they just no they don't modulate their voices. Uh, they they never well okay. His characters actually do say what they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so. They don't. The intonation is uh, is how I speak. It's just like flat, just boom, delivery, delivery, delivery. Yeah. Even if it's like these devastating things. Um, but and then what I what I really came to when I watched the Royal Tannenbaums, there's one scene. Uh, I don't care about spoilers, so I've got to I've got to commit to that. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in Royal Tannenbaums. And it was just like, it was like some of the most beautiful pictures that I've ever seen. But they were just devastating. So one of the characters, his name is, he goes by the Balmer. I forget what his first name is. I don't is. remember. He's a tennis player. Um, and he he realizes that, he, okay, they're all weird movies. So mm-hmm. just roll with it. Because this is gonna sound really weird, he realizes that his half sister does not love him. Uh, so he decides to co- no, not half sister, adopted sister. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so he decides to commit suicide. And there's just this scene where he's in the bathroom, shaving his beard, shaving his head, and everything is just really saturated in blue, and uh, everything's like perfectly symmetric. Mm-hmm. And then there's this just beautiful. And devastating shot where you're looking down at the sink and there's just hair all over the sink. Everything's saturated in blue. And then his arms fall in the sink and just blood pours all over everything. And it's just like this shocking red Mm -hmm. in this 
beautiful symmetric blue scene and I'm like wow that's a that's a that's a picture mm-hmm. man um so people <laughs> people say he's too stylized but I don't know um I am not the biggest supporter of realism I in fact you could probably say I I am I don't think realism is very important to art or mm-hmm. um yeah we'll go with, we'll go with that I used art mm-hmm. to describe all kinds of things on this oh no literature <laughs> so we we'll just say art yeah um so people are like oh Wes Anderson's world is is not the real world because everything is like polished and symmetric mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and people speak unnaturally and act mm-hmm. unnaturally. But I don't think that's important. That picture to me was like it was like what sonnets are in literature. Like mm-hmm. you know like the form is so unnatural to how people actually speak. Mm-hmm. But that makes it that allows it to be more beautiful and it turns like things that are sad into things that are just tragic mm-hmm. and things that are like oh that's pretty into things that are just like stunning. Yep. So that's how that's what I think about it. It's not all so <laughs> some of his uh, like he's better at sometimes than other times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah and like you can't consistently be just stunning all the time um but yeah that's 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 how i look at things mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree with a lot of of what you just said and i think too along those same lines of the aesthetic and the art that it is i think that going back to i forget when it was maybe two episodes ago when we we're talking about what makes or what's our favorite medium or type of media. I was talking about things that movies can do or doing things in movies that only you can do in movies. And I think that in a way, painting these pictures and having these symmetrical shots and oversaturation and all these things that are like classic Wes Anderson, I think is just a great way of like using the art of film to Mm -hmm. push those ideas. So you're subtly creating these, these thoughts and emotions by the, the angle that you're shooting at by the colors that you're seeing you're, you're creating those things in a way that's not realistic to real life but I think that's okay because it's enhancing your experience of what's going on mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's really good the movies are really weird if you've never seen a Wes Anderson film um, you'll probably think that they're weird go um, yeah go in uh, yeah don't expect it to be normal. Yeah, but but they are good, and at least I think they're good. Um, and so so this article that we were reading is kind of talking about how Wes Anderson and his movies have created like a a culture almost, specifically like in the way people dress. Um, people say he's he's the he's. Uh, like subject zero for mm-hmm. hipsterdom, right? And so, as I was reading this article, I I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, 
Okay, did did Wes Anderson create hist- hipster dumb? Whatever, however you want to call it, was he? <laughs> it sounds like worse when we dumb. say dumb. There. I know. <laughs> was he the initial? Was he the original hipster? Was he? Was he the creator of that? Um, my, and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, I don't think he was. I think he just created the aesthetic for it. Um, so when I was thinking about it and thinking about his films, I was thinking about how really and you feel free to disagree with this theory but like his films not the not necessarily the style of it but the content and how it's how it's presented fits really well and grasps and people from our generation millennials really grasp onto that and so we talked a little bit about and they talk in the article too about how there's a lot of just like family problems um, and lots of different um, trying forcing yourself to grow up when you don't want to. Um, and so I think that that really fits with this like millennial idea. Um, and, and not only that, but like it fits perfectly with Wes Anderson because Wes Anderson is like creating this beautiful facade. But in reality, it's like these terrible family conditions. People are being forced to grow up when they don't want to. Um, and I think like that is why he is like the father of of what hipsters are, not because he necessarily is creating this like perfect style, but rather he's like speaking to these people with what he's saying in his movies, and therefore people attach to that and say, "Hey, like this is what I want to be like," or "This is what I'm feeling." What do you think about that? Um. So. I don't. So you're saying they're kind of like co-growing together. So so it's not that he he created the aesthetic of what it looks like to be a hipster, but the reason that that happened was because he was speaking to a generation, and so they grabbed they were grabbing a hold of that and say, hey, this is what we want to look like. So kind of. As opposed to as opposed to what. As opposed to him just, like, creating this style and people being like, oh, that's cool, let's dress up like Moonrise Kingdom. Um, yeah, I, well, okay. I, I don't know, I would, I would say more, I guess I kind of agree with you. Um, because, like, the Royal Tannenbaums came out in 2001. Um, and I think 2012 is really the the peak hipster year mm-hmm. um just based on pop music um and i think uh the number of beard implants um in <laughs> england also peaks in 2012 do you have um, stats on that uh wikipedia does um why were you on the beard implant wikipedia page i got there from the hipster wikipedia page okay. which is really I will be honest, the hipster Wikipedia page I have been disappointed by because they try to connect it to, like, the the 60s definition of hipster. And it's completely, it's completely right. different. And, and um, we, sorry, I'll let you go. Keep going. And there's also, like, a shocking amount of hate that comes through uh, for hipsters on the hipster Wikipedia page. Hmm. Um, 
or that's how it was a couple years ago. Uh, apparently, there's an updated page, um, but I I don't know. I think I I think he is really the he's okay. He's obviously not the root of the OG hipster, right? Because it does kind of grow out of like the folk revolution mm-hmm. of the 1960s. Like, mm-hmm. if anyone is the original hipster, it's probably Bob Dylan. But he's not, because Bob Dylan is influenced by other people, too. Right. So, like, saying someone is the first of anything is is just like a slippery slope yeah. to me. Um, but I, I do think you're, you're right in that he captures white millennial mm-hmm. experience um in a way that that other people don't and right um but i don't i don't think he's trying to do that mm. um i think he's just trying to wow i'm going to sound pretend <laughs> he's just trying to express himself in this medium right but he, he like he he does strike a note with people i mm-hmm. i think Yeah, and and Instagram is not like Wes Anderson's style is perfect for Instagram mm-hmm. because it's so much of it just like resonates with Wes Anderson. Right. He right. he really he took over, yeah, taking over his aesthetic, taking over the world. I think it's because there's so much nostalgia and so much a sense of just like hollowness mm-hmm. in what his work is. Everyone is there and they're just kind of going. Um mm-hmm. and they want they try to everyone has their own brand. Um which is which is really like not early 2000 for mm-hmm. early 2000s. Um like everyone's Everything that everyone owns is very like on brand to use a like two thousand fifteen term mm. um in Wes Anderson movies, so like Ben Stiller. Also, there's a lot of actors that I'm like I don't really like these actors that are in Wes Anderson movies and I'm like That's how I wait, what I think about like, that every single time I watch it. Like Wes Owen Anderson. Wilson. I am just right. like I, okay, I don't see many movies that Owen Wilson is in, but he's the co-writer for like so many of Wes Anderson's movies. I'm mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. What on earth are you just paying the bills the rest of the time? <laughs> um, which is fair. Wes Anderson right. is not paying the bills for him. No. Uh, okay, they're movie stars, so I mean that's kind of an exaggeration. But right, I yeah, I think you're right that there there's a sense of loss. And not knowing how to express that, mm-hmm. um, and a sense of brokenness, and not knowing what to do about that—that that is just everywhere in Wes Anderson's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, like, people recognize that, and then want, like, want to curate themselves, curate their lives in the way that. Wes Anderson's characters are. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, mm-hmm. because I guess they they do kind of overcome their 
their brokenness and emptiness through right. his movies. Right. Um, but it's not. So I think hipsters kind of misunderstand what Wes Anderson is trying to say. It's people don't overcome their brokenness by being just like on point and being their brand mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wearing matching jumpsuits all the time. They they do it by reconciling with the people who are around them and like interchanging like what the who they are with mm-hmm. who other people are. Right. So Yeah, we go ahead. It's I think it's it's emulation but missing the point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think that's so true. Like, we grasp the wrong part of the Wes Anderson film. We mm-hmm. we we say, hey, I can kind of relate to this character, and instead of like following them to the end, we just grab onto the bright, cheery exterior. Let's post on our Instagram all these great things that are happening, rather than like you're saying, like connect with your family, connect with your friends, like reconcile, like talk out what's going on in the situation. It, like actually, yeah, express what these, you know, these struggles that you're going through so that they can then be overcome. Instead, so many people just miss the mark and it's just like, oh yeah, let's just make our lives look like a Wes Anderson film but mm-hmm. not live it out. Um, and so, yeah, I do think that they are missing... We all miss it, I'm sure, to some extent. So, yeah, I think the Wes Anderson created the aesthetic, but he didn't create the... Like, there's a lot of irony associated with being a hipster. Mm-hmm. Wes Anderson is... he's He seems like the least ironic person in the right. world. Like, right. everything he does is just, like, the most sincere thing that has ever happened. Like, Fantastic Mr. Fox is a stop-motion movie about talking animals based on Roald Dahl. Uh-huh. Like I I don't he I don't think he's doing that to be like, oh huh, Roald Dahl, what a what a you know it's good it's bad but I'm enjoying it ironically. Mm-hmm. No. He's like I wanna get this across and I wanna put a lot of effort into it and have like a nice great polished presentation. Mm-hmm. He's probably a weird guy, um, but I don't think he's ironic in the like he doesn't appropriate things in the way that I think hipster dim does. Because mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna pile on hipsters more. Nice. I, but yeah, they they're just to me it's just looking in the wrong place mm-hmm. for things. It's like oh, if I can pull things from this if i can take this look if i can take this feeling mm-hmm. it's going to fix the it's going to yeah it's going to fix my problem it's going to fill this just longing for the past the nostalgia mm-hmm. that i have mm-hmm. but yeah that i mean that's that's not what wes anderson is saying right right and that and i think that really plays off of like a lot of the themes of like not wanting to grow up, right? Which is like mm-hmm. all over Wes Anderson films. And I think like, like, I don't know for me, like thinking about folk music is just like, it's so, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Nostalgic, right? And and I think that that is the problem, right? Um, hipsters are so looking towards the past uh, because whatever's going on in the present's not good. Um, so let's look back to when there was better times. Um, but but Wes but Anderson characters, they're just trapped in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's where the millennial slash hipster generation is going, is heading very quickly, and they don't know how to get out of it, right? We're, we're trapped in this. We're trapped in the past and don't realize that the world is still moving on without us um, and that you're eventually you're going and, – and this happens in the movie, right? Eventually you're going to have to come to terms with that whether you're ready for it or not. You kind of have to come to terms with, okay, life still goes on. I can't just live in this past that I've, you know, have glorified um, in my great tennis phase or whatever these things are in the movies. Um, And I think that that happens to everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you're not ready to confront that or, you know, when the time comes, then it's just going to be even harder. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's lots of just fail failure of communication mm-hmm. in um, in Wes Anderson, and uh, you know I think in people's real lives too. Right. So, so it's pro- probably worse to some extent in real life. I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. not, but still. So I guess I don't know if this is disagreeing with you. I think. Yeah, uh, no, I I think it is agreeing with you. He started the hipster look because he speaks to mm-hmm. white millennials. Yep. Um, and they're like, oh, let's let's glom onto this because yep. I I like this. Yep. Let's um, emulate this. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they don't see it to the end. They just take the aesthetic. So if we're saying this aesthetic has taken over the world, mm-hmm. is that is that good or bad? Um, or neither, both? To be honest, I think the fact that the aesthetic taking over the world is probably neutral. Um, I, I don't think that that necessarily um, is an issue. Mm-hmm. What What is an issue is if what comes with the aesthetic is the mindset. Um, mm-hmm. The mindset of, hey, let's just live in the past. Let's not deal with what we're going through or think about the future. Um, if that comes along with the aesthetic, then I think it is bad, because mm-hmm. again, like <laughs> you're you're gonna meet, you're gonna be forced to deal with reality at some point um, in your life, even if you're trying your hardest to ignore it. Um, and if and if you're not ready to deal with that, if you don't, if you're you can't communicate with the people around you, you can't reconcile with your family and your friends. Um, you're going to be in trouble. And I think that there's probably a lot of things that go into it. Um, I think we probably don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but technology, I think, has a huge role to play in in how that has manifested itself in our generation. Um, but because of those things, if if we aren't able to communicate and reconcile and and really deal with the things that are going on in our lives, I think that our generation is in trouble for some to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um I would say 
it's good and bad. Mm. Uh, I think it's good because I, I, Wes Anderson has like a, a neoclassical vision of what is beautiful, um, which I like because I like the classics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- like, why not add that back into the vernacular? Like they talk about hashtag accidental Wes Anderson mm-hmm. and it, it's always like Roman Greco Roman inspired buildings because they have, they have the same aesthetic right. as Wes Anderson symmetry and proportion is what makes something beautiful. So if people are like, Oh, Hey, I wonder what inspired Wes Anderson. Let's look at art history. Then I'm like, okay, good. Uh, right. I support that. It, it's, um, and like it can get very inane. Like we don't need more overhead shots of people's food. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, if you if you're thinking about form and symmetry, that should improve the pictures you're taking. Um, mm-hmm. If we're looking at things just through Instagram, so that gets to my why things are bad. If we're looking at things just through Instagram. Um, so apparently I'm very naive about Instagram, which is fine. Um, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, yeah, the the characters in Wes Anderson have a curated, like, style and brand because, and that's, that's an out, an outgrowth of who they, who they really are. The things that they have around them mm-hmm. is things that they've just, like, you know, they're characters, so this isn't really true. Like, the characters have gathered these things over time, and because of who they are, they just collect these things. There's a there's an interesting... Uh, I need to stop talking about PBS Idea Channel. There's that's an interesting okay. PBS Idea Channel video um, that's about coffee and morning routines. And uh, I think it's... Uh, he quotes Baudrillard, Mike Rugnetta, um, to say that the things that we collect and the things that we own are re- we're really just collecting ourselves. Hmm. Um, so like the things that I have in my room are just like piles of books and a uh, coffee maker. Um, and like the clothes that I have, they're not are. So are you collecting yourself or so that's, that's how I view Wes Anderson's characters. Hmm. The things that they have, are really just themselves kind of distributed it's mm-hmm. they're they're the natural growth of this character they're the natural representation of this character and the characters are very defined and rigid so they have a very defined and rigid set of things that are mm-hmm. around them and mm-hmm. like he he likes to show like kind of dollhouse pictures of people's lives so then you see this is who they are, and this is their environment, and mm-hmm. that gives you a more complete picture of who they are. Um, Paddington, did I talk about this last time? Uh, a, you mentioned it was your recommendation, but they talked about Paddington too in the yeah. article. That my there is a scene in Paddington where he is he just meets this family, and then we go to talk about the family, and he's in the attic. It goes to an old dollhouse, and it opens up. And oh it's just this straight Wes Anderson set. Have you seen Life Aquatic with... Uh... I haven't seen that one. Okay. Uh, so in Life Aquatic, 
they have the the research vessel but cut you know cut in half so you see all mm-hmm. the rooms and all the compartments classic and you go through yeah you pan from room to room and see all these characters living uh-huh. their lives this is you know their office or their yeah. bunk so paddington does the exact same thing oh, it opens goodness. up this house and it just pans from room to room and you see like this kid his room is just full of connects making mm-hmm. crazy like rockets and stuff um the teenage daughter just has like clippings of movie stars um and just like a mirror uh mm-hmm. so i'm like wow okay i'm getting pretty <laughs> getting pretty uh wes anderson here so That's but awesome. um he sh- he shows like these um the environment of someone to capture their essence kind of mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think the opposite of that is collecting things to create yourself hmm. um and i think that's a lot of a lot of what people are thinking like instead of having things as an outgrowth of who you are it's mm-hmm. having these things will create who you are hmm. like we talk about creating personal brands and i right. like i hate that um because a brand is never going to capture Hmm. a person right like everyone is way more complex than a personal brand could be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but we you, i yeah hipsters millennials um and probably post millennials um collect these things to not as an extension of themselves mm-hmm. but as, in an effort to create themselves or project Mm-hmm. This is who I am. Um, and social media makes that really easy because yep. um, you have, like, Instagram is basically just you have time to set up a picture. Everyone takes, a, a, like, a million pictures before they will like the one they like. Mm-hmm. And then once everything's perfect and well lit and, you know, reflecting the situation, then you post that for people to see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're not really revealing who you are by showing your environment mm-hmm. you're trying to project who you are yeah. um, by displaying kind of an artificial environment mm-hmm. people say like Wes Anderson's movies are artificial but I they're like yeah I don't they are artificial as in like they don't look like real life but I think they're more true from their like artificiality yeah. than what people try to mm-hmm. project of their lives. It's like a it's like a caricature of life, or mm-hmm. or or like of society. Um, and so as you're as you're talking about posting pictures on Instagram, and we can make them perfect and and tell and tell exactly what you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made me think about when we were looking through photo album over Easter mm-hmm. and so, oh, these, yeah. these pictures are old enough before, before digital cam. Well, maybe it was a di- digital camera, but pretty, pretty early stages of digital cameras if it was. Um, and so there is this one picture or there was no, so many pictures, There's so many, pictures. so many pictures that, just perfectly can describe 
you just understand um, each one of you know the four of us of us brothers mm-hmm. just perfectly in in each of these pictures and and like obviously it helps that we you know live this out and and and, and have lived with them but like because the picture is is not posed it's it's just kind of caught live in action you're able to like truly under get a glimpse of like who we actually were um, when we were younger and, and like what the situation was and, and who we are as opposed to just like a posed picture, which you don't really learn anything about life. Like especially everyone smiles. Right. Exactly. You, you don't know that Austin is so angry at this wedding because <laughs> he's just smiling in the picture. You, you have to look at the other pictures to know how just frustrated he was during the whole thing. And so like, yeah, it, it has completely, Instagram has completely changed um yeah just how we present ourselves and how we see ourselves and and honestly like some of the best pictures even that are taken today are ones that just capture moments um mm-hmm. that that um don't aren't aren't staged or posed but you just like give you a glimpse of what life is actually life mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think of uh, another one recently is that great one from us hiking in thanksgiving a couple years back Oh, where yeah. it, it was just yeah. like such a great like casual picture of us just chatting with our cousins and like it, it just yeah again it just kind of shows a better picture of what these people actually are like what these people yeah actually care about and and how their lives are actually lived mm-hmm. or like that christmas photo from two years ago <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, oh anyway. my goodness <laughs> yeah that one did make it to Instagram, though. Yeah, it's true. It's Still true. filtered. But, yeah. So, yeah, I guess in light of this, just, like, take casual pictures, post casual pictures. Don't – I mean, who's going to listen to us, maybe? But we're just crazy old people. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think you'll you'll enjoy it, hopefully. Yeah, so I, I guess my – my final thoughts would be Wes Anderson uh, he captures so much of how people feel mm-hmm. about like this kind of like dislocation and uncertainty wanting things to be like they were but unable to unable to keep that up and just that feeling of nostalgia kind of loss but you don't really know why or what um, mm-hmm. that white millennials feel. Um, so people were like, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's take that. And, mm-hmm. and so and I think Instagram has helped us be able to, to project who we want to be. People like have seminars about uh, like projecting how you want to ap- ap- appeal to other people. Which I think is, I think is stupid. Um, other people think it's stupid too. Mm-hmm. I read a an article. I was like, oh, finally, people are like, personal brands are are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't blame Wes Anderson for that. I because mm-hmm. his characters really aren't like that. Um, that's that's not. They realize they can't keep doing things the way they were. Yep. Um, 
So I blame us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I, or one of my uh, favorite things to say is, um, life is short, so wear your favorite shirt. Um, and basically the point of... <laughs> I have never heard you say that. <laughs> it's one of my sayings that I tell people sometimes. But but the point behind that is, like, why does it matter what other people, if other people care about what I think about what I look like or how I dress or whatever? If I like what what I'm wearing, if I like my favorite shirt, I'm going to wear it. Like, it doesn't, yeah. So that, that it kind of is, I think, a little bit of what this is, is it's like, it's not about trying to appease other people, but more of like being who you actually are and not being afraid to share that with other people. Mm-hmm. So I guess my my final question is, as as millennials, how do we break out of this? How do we get out of this hiding in the past and refusing to grow up? And how do we how do we get out of that? How do we move forward? Um, I, well, I think the the biggest thing is to not be afraid. Um, cause, yeah, I think. Lots of people are worried about being judged for who they are, um, how people will perceive them. Um, everybody feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easier to judge people or to feel left out mm-hmm. um, now that everyone posts fake things about themselves online. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not fake, but... Eh. Uh, so, so I'm going to say just stop using social media, um, but I'm an old curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess don't, don't be so concerned about yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be more selfless. Yeah. That, yeah, that might sound really judgmental, but. I, I that's good advice for everyone. Right. So Yeah, I think that's good and I I don't know. I don't really post anything anything on social media anymore just because I like felt that like urge to just check it and be like, Okay, who liked this? Who liked this picture? Like who liked this post? Did they think what I said was really brilliant or what? And like just thinking about that was like this is just toxic like this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't mm-hmm. actually helpful at all because all i'm trying to do is just impress people with with what i'm posting or saying not to say that you you can't post things and not fall into that and try to encourage other people and do just show the cool things that you're doing in life to some extent i think that's okay but I think, too, like, if you feel like, okay, I'm just posting this fake version of myself and nobody really knows who I am, like, maybe just take a step back and just say, hey, like, let's actually share with real people what's going on in our lives. Because um, eventually it's going to probably catch up to us in the end, right? Like, <laughs> like it happens in these films and I think happens to everyone in life. In life. Like, you eventually have to 
deal with the fact that time goes on even if you don't want to admit it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you have to decide what's important. Right. And you're going to have to talk to somebody anyways. You're going to have to... I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe people can get away with it. But I think I think that's would be my advice to how do we get out of this is is find one person maybe and hopefully more but start with one person who you're like wow I can actually like share what's going on in my life as opposed to posting to hundreds of people who you don't really have a connection with pictures that don't actually express what's actually going on in your life Mm mm-hmm All right, so I think we are implicitly recommending Wes Anderson. Yep. So just weirdness warning. Yep. And um, and probably if you're older than a millennial, you might not like it. Um maybe you will. I don't I when I talk to people, I just talk to probably more millennials than non-millennials, but I don't know of anyone who's not a millennial or younger who likes Wes Anderson films. I don't know a lot of people who watch Wes Anderson, so... That's fair. So, yeah, I'd recommend Wes Anderson films. Um, yeah. Anything else more specifically? For recommendations? Yeah. Yeah, I actually have... Uh, so, this, throughout this week, I was actually thinking my recommendations, what they're going to be, because usually I get to wow. this point of the segment, and, and you're like, like, I have oh, no what idea. what have I done? Yeah, so, <laughs> I was thinking about it this week. And, lo and behold, I, like, came up with two things. Wow. I know, right? Amazing things happen when you think about them throughout the week. Um, so, the first thing that is my... So, that last... on Last Sunday... Sunday... I went to a ballet. Wow. Yeah, I know. So I help out with the youth group at our church, and there are several people, um, several young ladies who are participating in the ballet and do lots of dance and all of these things. I have never seen a ballet before this past year. I went to see the Nutcracker around Christmas, and then just this past weekend I saw Cinderella. Now, I don't know anything about dance. I don't know anything about ballet. Um, but what I will say is it still was very enjoyable. Um, g- thinking back again to our episode about um, media and how it, like, what's our favorite form of media, the, the aspect of music being able to tell a story um, is really seen in a ballet. At least that's what I took away from it. Um, in just like a really cool way, um, the nut track, the Nutcracker was fantastic, just because I'm more familiar with those songs, um, but not with the ballet. Um, and so, even though there's no words spoken the entire time, you're still able to oh. follow. Yeah, there's no words in a ballet, which, again, did not know that. things I didn't know. No words are spoken, but you're still able to follow the story, and and the music kind of is what what ties it all together. And then you see all these cool dance things that, again, I don't really know anything about, but it looks really cool. And it's cool to see people that you know doing them. So Cinderella was great. Um, so my recommendation is go to a ballet if you have the opportunity to, um, especially if you know people are in it because that's a lot more fun. Second recommendation, 
I don't know if this is allowed, but we're going to do it anyways. Yesterday, I saw, I went to the movies and watched A Quiet Place. Mm. Starring John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. This movie is fantastic. Um, Traditionally, if you've seen the trailers, you're like, this is like a horror movie. It's scary. I don't want to see it. It is a it is a horror movie. I don't know if I'd call it a horror movie. So, okay. I am someone who is just terrified of horror movies and will never watch them because they're terrifying and I don't want to just scare myself for no reason. Like I don't see the enjoyment of that. Um so this movie definitely has it's it's very tense. Um if you're not familiar with the story, basically it's in this post-apocalyptic um, scenario in the United States, these monsters, probably aliens, have taken over the world, and they have super sensitive hearing, and so you can't make any noise. So it follows a family who is living their lives completely in silence, um, and then things go wrong, because that's what makes it a movie. But um, why is it fantastic? Um, the point of the movie is it's not a scary movie. The point of the movie is to show the life of a family. Um, and it's in this context, so it kind of makes it a little different. But the, the, the morals and the point of the story and the ending and the conclusion and everything that you take away from it is so applicable, even though I don't live in a post-apocalyptic world where aliens will come if I speak and kill me. There are so many things that you can take away from it that have just a significant impact on your life that I just think it's a fantastic movie, and I think everybody should see it. Will you be scared? A little bit. There are some jump scares. But the other thing is, like, there's really not a whole lot of, like, blood and gore, which is good. There's no, like, language issues or content issues really at all. Um, But, yeah. It might be a little scary, but I still think it's fantastic. If if you have seen Stranger Things and you weren't scared at that, you'll be okay in this movie. If you were scared at Stranger Things, you still probably will be okay. I don't... Okay. I don't think Stranger Things is very scary. See? I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that this movie was particularly okay. scary. There were jump scares. There were creepy monsters. Some people did die. Mm. But... The story, there's a greater story that just makes it fantastic. So that's my recommendation. I want to watch it just because it shames people for eating in movie theaters. And that is one of the things that I hate the most. Eating, whispering. There were people sitting next to us who were trying to whisper. No, they're so bad at it because the entire movie is silent because nobody's speaking. Mm, That sounds like my kind of movie. It's a really interesting experience, actually. Um... So yeah, if you get a chance to see it, go see it. If you just honestly, you don't have to see it in theaters. You could wait till it comes out on DVD and watch it. I think that would be fine. DVD. Anyways, this was my longest recommendation of all time mm-hmm. on record. So Austin, recommendations. Yeah, um, I read a great book. I was at the book sale, as I often am on Saturdays, uh, and I picked up a book called. Jesus I Never Knew, The Jesus I Never Knew, by Philip Yancey. Uh, it's really great. Um, he, so he's a, he's a journalist. 
um, by background. Uh, so he tries to do what he says is a bottom-up approach to Jesus. So as a journalist, how would he cover hmm. the person as described in the Gospels? And it's, um, I don't, yeah, it's not like a groundbreaking theological work, but it's a really great um, distillation of a lot of important things, um, trying to get us back to not what our, not not to say like normal presentations are bad, but if we if we're just looking at the gospels, what comes across, um, and how would how would we react to a person such as Jesus hmm. um, at that time in our time? How should we understand him? Um, so yeah, it's really great. It's a uh, he's a he's a great writer, um, so that that helps. Um, and he also, he has read like all the books that I love. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. He quotes Dostoevsky so much. He quotes Tolstoy. He, he's like one of few people that takes Tolstoy's religious writings seriously. Maybe not one of few people, but like not many people do. Yeah. And they're, all, they're great. Um, and yeah, I, so he, like he says a lot of great things about Dostoevsky and Tolstoy. So if you like them, I, he like he helps me understand them better. So wow. Um, he also is a fan of Silence by uh, Sekihiro Endo, which, you um, which I've probably. also recommended. Um, so if you okay, if you've been keeping up with my recommendations. This is this is a perfect uh, follow up to that because he he talks about a lot of the books that I've recommended, um, and it's a, it's a really just clear and yeah just revealing look at the gospels. Mm. So. so thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you for joining us. If you hope to see you next week. Yeah. Take some of our advice, maybe, if you think it's good. If not, don't take our advice. Yeah, we can't, <laughs> we can't uh, force you. Okay, yep, we will see you next week.